What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not Welcome back to the Y Network, where we interview every job occupation A through Z, from the trash man to the CEO, and ask them why and how they started their professor so that you could find your dream job, too. I'm your host, Kojo Thompson, and today we have a very special guest with us. It is Tatiana Sawyer. Now, as an author, podcaster, and business owner, Tatiana Sawyer is much more than an accountant. She's a numbers expert with over 15 years of experience helping entrepreneurs and business owners become the boss of their bottom line. Tatiana is now committed to sharing her expertise with a broader audience to empower those overwhelmed and confused with running a business so they can make money doing what they love too. And Tatiana has a lot to share with us today. So Tatiana, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed. Let's go, Tatiana. How are you feeling today? Feeling great. Feeling great. Great, great, great. And Tatiana, I'm real excited. I think you are the first accountant of the show. So I'm real, <laughs> real, real excited to dive in to your story and what you have to say today. So Tatiana, why? Why did you become an accountant? Well, um, my accounting journey kind of happened accidentally initially. I um, came to the United States at 19 and um, I actually was in a, was was going to be a lawyer. I uh, wanted to be an attorney since I was 14 and um, I actually completed two years of a five-year law school um, outside of the United States. Then when I came, I actually wanted to finish the law degree, but as I was choosing my major in college for my bachelor's in the United States, I realized that I needed a major that would allow me to support myself financially while going through school and then through law school. So accounting seemed to be the right choice. So I picked accounting and I was still going to be, you know, be a lawyer. But then uh, kind of as I was studying accounting, I've got involved, well, not got involved but met some influential professors and teachers and I've actually been very lucky in life to to have met a number of phenomenal teachers who've inspired me to be better than I otherwise would have been and this teacher with this one teacher specifically um, influenced my accounting journey I mean I was also fortunate because in college um, our department accounting department professors were brainwashing us saying well if you're getting a degree in accounting you might as well sit for the CPA exam and I thought "Hmm, why not it doesn't hurt. Uh, so um, so actually throughout the three years that I was finishing up the bachelor's degree in the U.S. and studying accounting, I started studying accounting from scratch. So I was unfamiliar with, with anything related mm-hmm. to accounting. So it was completely new for me. And um, over the three years, I fell in love with numbers. I fell in love with accounting. And I was actually working part-time, well, not part-time, full-time, but part-time for five clients doing bookkeeping. So I kind of was learning accounting in college and then applying it to my clients' work. So for me, it was a phenomenal experience. And basically, at some point, uh, I interviewed for one of the big accounting firms. I didn't get the, the internship because I asked the partner of this firm, what's the life balance looks like, you know, Work-life what does balance. it look like? Yeah. And he actually said he didn't have a family. He worked 80 hours a week and stuff. So I didn't get the internship. (laughs) And actually, and actually, I'm really happy that I didn't because what I've realized over the years is that at a big firm, you know, we all try to go to those best of the best uh, in the industry. But Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is that you become a part of this 
big machine as opposed to learning hands-on experience. So I actually graduated in the midst of the recession, um, December of 2008. Um, nobody was hiring, no large firms were hiring. So I took that year and I worked, still worked for, with my clients, the bookkeeping clients that I had, and basically studied for the CPA exam. So I passed the exam and then by the end of that year, 2009, I got hired by a small firm where in two and a half years, I've gotten hands-on experience preparing taxes, doing audit and other uh, advisor related things. And, and I was very, I think I was very fortunate in that because only in a small firm do you get that actual skill right away. And mm -hmm. basically that's, you know, that's kind of the rest is history. I mean, fast forward um, 10 years, I'm operating a boutique CPA firm. Um, I only work with a handful of clients. I don't take on m many more. Um, I actually am reducing the number of clients that are once a year because um, there's a much better way to do this relationship, uh, to become a real advisor for a business. And that's what I've kind of been focusing on. Very, very, very nice. And I love that story right there. I think you answered my second question, too. I was going to ask you what the process was like of, of you know, even getting to uh, how you got here. But I, I think you answered it. So I'm going to I'm going to ask you actually a little bit deeper than that. What do you think were some childhood hobbies and habits that matriculated into what you do today? Well, I guess one of the not hobbies, but kind of a forced hobby um, <laughs> was I, um, you know, in school, our, the school system that I've gone through is slightly different than the American system. And we actually had to pick kind of a major in school, in like middle school and high school. And basically, I was always, you know, an English major to start with. It was a special school where English was kind of like a second language. Mm -hmm. And then, and then uh, some, like sometime in the seventh or eighth grade, I uh, picked to be in the math and physics class. There was a mm -hmm. special class that would, you know, same people kind of going through school together for five or six years. And that's what I kind of focused on. And I got, again, fortunate with the math teacher who was not just, you know, teaching you numbers, but she was also transferring her passion for numbers to the students. And, and I never was scared of math before or during or after that. And I think that is one of the reasons why accounting kind of flew in naturally into my brain sort of mm -hmm. um and you know there were like I was always very logical my parents were very logical and they taught me to apply logical reasoning to everything that I've done and I think that also has kind of had an influence into onto what I'm doing today and interestingly enough accounting actually has very little to do with math um there's like mm. algebra level uh, stuff and that's about it Mm. So a lot of people say that, you know, accounting is a lot is math heavy, but it actually isn't. <laughs> I see. I see. And really describe what it what it is. Or actually, no. Matter of fact, that actually rolls into my next question perfectly. Thank you for saying that, Tatiana. What is an average day like for you? <laughs> so um, an average day. Um, well, right now it's slightly different uh, than it, it would have been if I didn't write a book and, you know, didn't do other stuff that's not specifically related to my boutique firm. But for, for work day, I would typically, I have some client calls where we just go through their goals, set, setting their goals, making sure that they reach those financial goals and maybe someone wants to buy, wants to invest in real estate. We talk about whether a specific investment is right for them. How, what does it look like from a tax perspective? So kind of uh, more like coaching calls, which are awesome because there's not real, 
I actually enjoy those a lot, but we'll talk about what, what I enjoy and what I don't enjoy later. But uh, so so about a couple of calls, and then I actually do some work where I shut down the email, shut down the text messages so that I don't get distracted because, you know, I found that distraction is, is a huge kind of causes a lot of mistakes and just just overall reduces productivity um, and do some work. So like right now, for example, I'm dealing with some loan forgiveness applications, planning taxes for VIP clients. And, um, and that's about it. And then I, I, I actually work about two days a week uh, on in my CPA firm right now. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. 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 So let me go ahead and ask you this then. What do you enjoy the most about what you do? So there are a couple of things. And no, so number one, let's say, is working with clients where I don't have to actually do the bookkeeping and the taxes. So the work with clients where we get to talk about strategy, both business strategy and tax strategy. You know, in my 15 years of, of experience, I've really seen a number of different business models, leadership styles, different personalities and, and kind of different mistakes, different concerns, different successes. And because of that, I have a you know very well-rounded experience and clients value that because one of my favorite authors, uh, R&D, which stands for rip off and duplicate from other industries. So, you know, you actually don't just stay within your industry, examine other industries and see how they're doing things and see if you can implement that approach to yours. So I've been doing that basically, and clients really value that because I've worked with, you know, a variety of different um, industries and, and leaders before. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of my one of my favorite things. And another thing is tax planning and tax planning is creating strategies in your business today that allow you to actually pay less tax when tax time comes. Mm -hmm. You know, we've all have kind of been thinking about accounting as a commodity. Oh, you know, if you're an accountant, you're working 80 hours a week, you're always stressed, you're always uh, um, deadline driven. But actually, if you set things up right, you actually get to get to work with an accountant who's a tax planner. And that's different than traditional accounting where you're planning for a tax payment as opposed to reducing taxes proactively. And nobody wants to pay a lot of tax. So actually, nobody wants to pay taxes, period. So yeah. that's kind of those are two, two of my favorite things, working with clients, seeing their aha moments, seeing how the light bulb goes off in their brain when when we discuss an opportunity or a potential investment or whatever it is, and saving the money on taxes, creating strategies that actually are legal, tax court approved, and allow them to pay less tax and have more money for their family and their kids and their hobbies and whatever they want to do. Very, very, very nice. I love that answer right there. But you know, of course, the back end of that question is, what do you enjoy the least? <laughs> um, so, you know, with every job, there is always, you have to do everything. No matter what you do, you have to do stuff that you like and stuff you, that you don't like. It's with every job. And that's why um, I ask every job the same question. Yeah, it, it is. Unfortunately, I mean, people don't just, you know, I really enjoy what I what I do with clients, mm -hmm. but there is definitely the back end of things, the actual de um, deadline driven compliance, you know, filing your tax returns. I don't enjoy enjoy the data entry. But here's the thing. As I grew uh, as a business owner and um, as an accountant and as I got coached, I actually have trained staff to do most of the work that I don't enjoy doing for me. And that's mm -hmm. kind of that's been my goal kind of since day one so that I could focus only on the high-end stuff because that high-end stuff, realistically speaking, is the most impactful one. The stuff that, you know, entering data, organizing work papers for a tax return, entering that data in a tax program, 
that's something that eventually will be replaced by AI. And that's why that work is not exciting. However, the knowledge that's behind it, the accounting knowledge that's behind it, that's what's critical. And that's where I come in and kind of, you know, then do a high-end review of the work. But that's kind of the the least enjoyable part of the work, part of the job that, you know, during tax season, I mean, off season, I work two days a week on mm-hmm. my business. Mm-hmm. Um, tax season, it's usually five days a week, which is still better than traditional firms because traditional firms, they work six or seven days a week during tax season. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I've been fortunate with that. But, you know, the having to deal with clients who don't appreciate you, and I think it applies across all industries, not just accounting, but yeah. clients who think that they're entitled to, you know, unlimited, undivided attention for this once a year relationship that they pay you for and stuff like that. So, I mean, I have reduced it almost to zero. Mm-hmm. Um, because of coaching, but that's kind of also one of the least enjoyable things in, in this work. Very nice. Very nice. So would you say that, you know, you really, I mean, I know you, you, uh, now that your business has grown, you really outsource your, um, you know, the, the stuff that you don't want to do, but would you say that you really work, uh, more so work on the business instead of in it, you know, since you have people, you know, putting in the data for you. So are you more so working on the business uh, while, you know, the, these people are doing the mundane stuff and, uh, you know, thinking of that? Is, is, is that really what you're doing? I, I would say so. I mean, the two days a week that I work on, actually, everything else that I do is more of a work on my business because I still I'm still training. You're still training people to do things the way you want them to be done. And mm-hmm. that's kind of part of the job and, and, and kind of quality control, especially when it comes to tax returns and book closes and stuff like that. Um, that's that's kind of, I'm still involved in that partially, just mm-hmm. because I want to be sure that everything is done to my standards. And I've always been committed to excellence since college, since that influential professor, accounting professor. And basically, I have staff handling some of the non-VIP things for VIP clients. I typically try to outsource tasks, not outsource, but delegate tasks that are, are not prone to mistakes. So something yeah. that can be done consistently well. Yeah. Um, so definitely focusing on more higher end work, but mm-hmm. I think I kind of I kind of shifted away from your question. Could you repeat your question? No, no, again? no, no. It makes sense. No, 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 no. You 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 answered the question right there perfectly. I asked you if you work on the business or in it, and you oh you answered yeah. it perfectly right there. You answered it perfectly <laughs> right there. Okay, so yeah. let me ask you this because this this next question right here is my absolute favorite. So. Do you think that grades mattered in school for the success that you have in your career today? Well, I'm probably going to disappoint you with my answer, but the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. And the reason, and I'll give you an explanation on that. But before I do that, can I just say that the reason, just kind of go back, touch base a little bit on the question before that, before this, that I didn't fully answer. I work on my business much, much more than in it, just because I also wrote a book. And so that establishes me as an authority um, mm-hmm. in the field. And also I've launched some educational courses. So all of that supports my main business and creates more clients, more inquiries, more leads, and so on and so forth. So in terms of grades, interestingly enough, I was mediocre student in high school. Um, I had, you know, half of excellent grades, half, let's say, B equivalent. So half A's, Mm -hmm. half B's. And 
When I came to the United States, I had a, a, a short traumatic experience. And um, then later, like a year ago, I learned that traumatic experiences rewire our brains, physically rewire our brains. So mm-hmm. now I understand why this happened, why why I became the way I became. But in college, I met this professor and one of the in one of the classes, I was scared of her. I mean, she she, she was um, she was um, a top notch professor. She was an African-American woman from the South who got several master's degrees, a PhD. She was like, an, or she works in, in investment banking. She was an overachiever and mm-hmm. she was just phenomenal. And she inspired me to be the accountant that I am today. But um, most importantly, she mentioned something in one of the classes. So I was scared of her. Sorry, I'm kind of going back and forth, but no, go I was ahead, scared please, of please. I was scared of her a little bit because she was like tough, you know, she's people like that, people who've accomplished so much in their life, they're just, they're super tough and Mm -hmm. they're committed to excellence. So in one of the classes, she said, we choose to excel and we also choose to be mediocre. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I realized that all of throughout my high school and middle school, I chose to be mediocre. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, I chose to excel in everything that I've done. I mean, I had bad teachers throughout college too, not just great ones. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I learn. I can learn from anyone, even from the worst teacher in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I our music teacher was really pain in the neck. She was like, you know, how can you listen to music and your, um, you know, ear ear pods? It's, it's disrespecting the music. I'm like whatever you know Mm -hmm. I made it work and I learned everything that I could possibly learn from every teacher and I got an I I mean my I my GPA average was 4.0 when I graduated college so even though I was mediocre before I chose to excel in everything that I've done since then and I've met people who've had good grades but really didn't know some accounting basics Mm -hmm. so that also happened so I don't know I mean I guess my answer is that grades do matter because I've gotten a job in the middle of pandemic because of the grades because of Mm -hmm. my commitment to to education and studying and CPA exam and so on but I've also met people who got great great point average grade point average in in, uh, college but really Mm -hmm. didn't know the basics of the journal entries you know Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I kind of so it's so I'm kind of biased because of the way I've been, but at the same time, it's it it's different for everyone, I think. Okay. Yes, I agree with you 100%. I mean, my the last person I, inter- I interviewed was a, a neuroradiologist, so you you didn't disappoint me with your answer at all. Trust me, because <laughs> uh, those those guys those in a 4.0 in order to operate on somebody. So, um, yeah. okay. So let me ask you this. Let me break down this next question for you a little bit. So what do you feel that your impact is? And when I say impact, I mean, what are you devoted to? What's your devotion? It's very easy for me to answer because, and that's one of the reasons why I wrote my book, which is launching in March. But over the years, over the last 15 years that I've, you know, worked with small business clients, well, first of all, small business is the number one employer in the United States. So Mm -hmm. mom and pop shops are the number one revenue generator for the government and for our programs and support that we, you know, the government provides to us, to to people of limited means through government programs paid paid for by by our taxes all originate from small business. Mm -hmm. So small business is the is the center point of the American economy. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with small business for, you know, over 15 years. And what I found and, you know, in the past three or four years since I've got coaching and 
um, and I've really started to work more with VIP clients and kind of slowly phasing out the non-VIP clients out of my practice, mm-hmm. I realized that people who are just starting out in business, maybe they just want to have a business idea or have a side hustle that they want to pursue. Those are who need my expertise most, mm-hmm. but most of the time, those are the ones who cannot afford it. Mm-hmm. So I want, I wrote this book and I believe that it's going to be a life-changing book for many. The book is called Dream Bold, Start Smart. And the book is for someone who has a business idea, but cannot make a mistake related to money numbers and taxes and fail. Mm-hmm. And I want to change the world. I want all of those people who want to start a small business, something, pursue their passion, pursue doing what they love and be their own boss to actually mm-hmm skip the anxiety and skip the mistakes related to taxes, to LLCs, to pricing, to cash flow, and get a roadmap of how to do it, Mm -hmm. how to do it smart. Because here's the thing, if most people who want to start a business start smart, Mm -hmm. it will accomplish two things. It It will serve both sides of the equation. It will serve them because they will actually have save money in the beginning Mm-hmm. which is when what most business owners lose money because they can't afford to pay someone like me. So they have they make the mistakes, they make the wrong moves, they don't know what to do and to skip those mistakes, to save the money along the way so that later they can actually afford to hire someone of my caliber. Mm-hmm. And it also serves the accountants because accountants also don't love cleaning up after subpar work of cheaper professionals. So that will eliminate that unnecessary work and money waste and time waste for both sides of the equation and would actually lift you up as a business owner and allow you to actually get to your dream as opposed to having to close your doors. Very, very, very nice. I love that answer right there. And again, you I, I just love the fact that you, you know, you're trying to be the change in the world that you you wanted to see. You you provided something for somebody who who was in need, not just somebody, but multiple people who were in a certain situation. So I really do appreciate that. And we are winding down to that last question, Tatiana. It has been excellent all interview long. But if there's one, just one piece of advice that you could get to somebody out there listening right now. Who wants to be in the position that you're in a day? What would that be? Continue learning and continue investing in yourself. That's the best investment that you can make. And if I could bet on one person in life, that would be me. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And again, a lot of people don't have that confidence like that. They don't know who they are yet. They don't they're, they're not walking around like they think that they're like they're weird for for all their, you know, uh, characteristics and their unique um, attributes and whatnot. But honestly, like that's what makes you unique. That's what makes you different. Like you have to you have to use that to your advantage. You have to invest in yourself uh, to, to a point where you have that much confidence, where you know that much about yourself, not just yourself, but your surroundings and knowledge is power. Knowledge is the highest form of power. So I love that answer right there, Tatiana. And let's go ahead and touch on that book. I mean, uh, whether it's a I, I want to just, you know, leave something in the in the description below for my audience to check you out, whether it's a sure. website, social media, you know, the link to the book, uh, whatever. Please just if you if we could just, you know, retouch on that. Sure, sure. So you can connect with me at talktotatiana.com and you can find all kinds of uh, resources and information there. And uh, the book is actually right now available for pre-order on Amazon. It's Dream Bold, 
Start Smart, and it's a life-changing book. <laughs> very, very nice. And please, everybody, everybody, hit the link down below. Get your pre-order if it has not already released yet. Please go and check this book out, especially, especially, especially if you are thinking about starting a small business yourself and need that extra guidance. So thank you so much once again, Tatiana. And folks, as you know, there are three types of work, a job, a career and a calling. Most people have a job. You're lucky if you find a career, but you are truly, truly blessed if you find your calling. And I really hope that me and Tatiana helped you find it here today. Folks, that is a wrap. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to leave a review so that someone else can discover it too. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at YI Network for episode updates, weekly takeaways, quotes of the week, and much, much more. And if you or somebody else you know is passionate about their job and would like to share their story, email us at whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Again, whyimpassionate at gmail.com. Talk to you soon, folks. And I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. I'm persistent. I'm willing to go the distance. I feel like I'm up on the mount like I'm pitching. I'm fighting the move.